You've heard this from me time and time again. Every day. And it frustrates you sometimes. <laughs> like, shit, Faisal, like, calm down. We just started our first task. Why are you on task number three? Welcome to Kermali Exchange. And uh, normally, I get to interview business owners and take their best pieces of advice and share it with you. And, well, it's been a while since I've really got to get to know you and you get to know me a bit better. So here's the chance that I get to share a bit more about myself. And I brought my business partner here, Dave Popovich, to, uh, I guess you're going to interview me. Yeah, Faisal, I'm looking forward to this. I've got all of my my questions Uh-oh. prepped and ready to go. Here we, we go. are going to get to know who you are and what drives you for <laughs> sure. Here we go. I think how the best way to get to know somebody is we do a rapid fire round of questions to you. You don't get a chance to think. You just have to answer here, my friend. You ready? 45 seconds. I'm just going to pepper you. I want to see what you come up with. Let's do it. Favorite sports team? Ottawa Sanders. Middle name? I don't have one. (sighs) Shoot, I know that. Who's your best friend? You. How long? 12 years now. 12 years. That's too long. (laughs) Red Bull or coffee? Red Bull. Sushi or steak? Steak. Why? I hate sushi. You do. (laughs) First job? Paperboy. Worst mistake you made being a paper boy? Uh, throwing away the newspaper so I didn't deliver them on time. <laughs> Monthly su- subscribers or you had to collect? I had to collect. Pet's name? Nacho. Of your two girls, favorite? None. Oh, I thought I did. Pretty good, eh? <laughs> Pretty good. Okay, Faisal, this is an opportunity to dig in a little deeper and get to know a little bit about who you are. Um, and one of the things that, that I often think about is the influence, the, the early influences that people have had. So when you were growing up, I'd like to know a little bit about what that experience was for you and who your early influencers were. I would say um, being a first generation Canadian, um, my influence would have been my father. My family coming to this country um, came here for opportunity but lived in a world of fear. And fear was my, my, my driver. I was scared um, as a child with what my parents were going through. And what I was going through. So fear actually got me out of my shell, got me out into, into the world. You've known as the years that we've been partners together in our business, there are many times that I have fear first, and then it's confidence, and then it's action and so forth. So I would say fear has been the big driver. I saw my father especially go through that, and that kind of drove, drove me. We learn from our mistakes, yeah. the problems that we face along the way. Everybody has adversity in their life. Your life is no different. I know that. Tell me about some of the early adversities that you would think back on, reflect on, and then we'll talk a little bit about what you took away. I want to know about the adversities first. Though. Yeah, I, I started off always as an entrepreneur. I, I, I never thought I was one. I never even knew what that word was, but I've always had businesses growing up from as young as, as, as a 13-year-old all the way up. I wanted to make money. I wanted to buy my own sneakers, the one that I liked, not the one that my mom made me wear, you know, like those types. Of, that was the driver and it was about the money. And then later on, it got into about being recognized. I wanted to throw parties and so people know that I'm the one that's throwing the party and that was more for the attention than it was for the money. Um, and then as you mature in your life, you realize that there's purpose beyond those types of things. And so that's when I started to attach. And when you and I built our business, it was about a purpose of helping a certain group of people in a very vulnerable stage in their life that we can leave a legacy of what we've helped them in. I think that's now the change and in, in, in the evolution of as an entrepreneur. Let's go beyond just business. What about personal adversities or things that when you were young really sort of shaped your life? Yeah. um, Growing up with a lot of racism has been really tough. Um, Being in a lower middle class world uh, in in this city, um, being the only person of color in the classroom, 
um, and having having to deal with that type of stuff was very challenging. And I'll tell you the reason why I got into hockey was I wanted to wear a hockey jacket that I saw somebody else wear. It was the jacket. I had no idea anything about hockey. I didn't know how to skate or anything like that. But I, I started to learn this stuff, and it was pretty cool. It was very interesting to, to get involved. And then I realized that by being part of that game, I was now part of people of the group. I was in the group. I was part of something versus being the outsider. And they didn't care what the color of my skin was. They just knew I was their teammate, and we had one goal, and that was to win. Well, and sports and competition has been a big part of a lot of people's lives, and there's lots of lessons to be learned, both positive and negative through that. What's your biggest takeaway from, from hockey and your experience in hockey Fast forward to today. Team play. It's you win as a team, you lose as a team. No matter what, there's a whole bunch of individuals, egos, and issues that come up on a team. But no matter what happens, if you don't win, you're still you're not winning as a team. And if you do win, it's as a team effort, it's not an individual. So you've said on a couple of occasions now when you got into like when you were younger and you could get a job, you were driven by money because you had things you wanted to buy. So is money the money business? You're in the money business now. Yeah. So is that something you always knew you wanted to be in? Yeah, at 16 years of age, I had a summer job uh, working for an advisor uh, of a smaller firm, and my job was to book appointments for this gentleman. And I booked an appointment with one of his clients, and he left the door open this much, Dave. And I could hear the conversation. They were talking about all their problems financially, all the money issues and debt and how they're going to get out of it and where they're going to invest. And I'm like, wow, you can, you get paid to help answer and help other people with their problems on money. Wow. You make money by helping other people with their money. That sounded so cool. At 16 years of age, I'm like, I think this is what I want to do. And that's when I started figuring out how to, where the education was required and how to actually get into this industry. And it was, it was a challenge. It was very difficult, but it was, it was fun. And it was, it's rewarding. It's probably the most rewarding thing I've done in my, in my life. Okay, so you didn't, I, you know, I know your family background. You didn't come from this background. This would have been new to you. It's Completely. a new world. My dad was a mechanic, Dave. Yeah. He was an auto body mechanic. I was supposed to be a grease monkey. I was supposed to get my hands dirty. And my dad used to say to me, you know, you're going you're gonna to work under these, this, this kind of car going forward, learn about this stuff. And I said, hell no. There's no way. This, this body was not built for manual labor. <laughs> And, and I've seen you try to fix I, stuff. I, I, what I a, can't. Don't ever take it to Faisal's <laughs> auto body shop. That's right. <laughs> okay, so it's new business. We, we, we got that, right? And that's kind of cool. So you're, you're breaking away from sort of the family business. That in itself is hard to do. And there's a whole body of knowledge that you wouldn't have been exposed to. So what did you do? You, you got this, this twinge as a 16-year-old. What, what happened? What, what was next? So then it started talking to people at school, trying to get a couple of people that I knew in the industry to kind of give me some guidance. To get into the business was um, one way where you'd have to get it, you have to pass a course and so forth. But at some point, it's just not a sales job. It is it is a career. And if you wanted to have a career and a business out of it, then you have to have that knowledge. So it, that's where the post-secondary education kicked in. That's where all the courses and understanding of what I needed to do to help people. And your entry point, I'm, I'm curious. So you got your education, you thought, okay, I got to start somewhere. Yeah. Where'd you start? I went door-to-door selling of, mutu- of mutual funds and life insurance. Mm-hmm. 22 years old, knocking on doors with a briefcase, these ugly glasses, and saying, do you want to buy some life insurance? And I had a door slammed in my face over and over and over again. And I realized I hate rejection. (laughs) It's the hardest thing. And um, 
trying to do that at a very young age, first of all, trying to overcome the fact that you know something about this and you're speaking to people who are two, three times older than you um, is challenging. Um, and then on top of that, you're only living on whatever money you make. You're not, you're not on a salary. You're literally living paycheck to paycheck. And those paychecks are very small because you're not really good at what you do. And then you realize this is not what I, my passion is to try to sell something. I like the advice side. And that's when I got into the, into the financial world and the, and the banking side mm-hmm. and actually got to help individual. I really wanted to help people, not just sell something. To them. And then you continued with your education, right? You realized that there is, you know, as you wanted to progress in your professional career, you, uh, you had to continue to upgrade yeah. your um, knowledge and education. Yeah. Because of insecurity. I'll tell you, I, I was so insecure that I felt I had to do more than everybody else. Right. I had to be better than everybody else. That if I'm not at the top of my game, I will be out of the game. And so education was one way that I could beat the competition because I know my competition was not reading as much as I do, studying as much as I do, um, analyzing, building quantified models and all that nerdy stuff that we've done, doing that over and over and over again because out of purely about it because of an insecurity of fear that I, I wanted to be better so I can stay in the game. I'm really proud of you, and uh, I'm happy to say that you've made it to the number one advisor on on uh, Wealth Professional. You've been recognized as one of the top 150 advisors in Canada by the Globe and Mail. Starting out knocking on doors, you're here. I want to know a little bit about that journey in between, because people will look at you today, and they'll say you're successful, and it's always he's an over, he was lucky or you know advantage or it's it's the overnight success, right? Yeah. That's not the case. That's not the case. So start at the beginning. <clears throat> okay. You get into the banking business. Yep. You're done door-to-door knock, and you realize that's not the way to do it. Yeah. You're in the banking business. What yep. do you do? So it, it comes down to now um, learning the craft. When I started off, it was just to try, to try to make a difference and be better than the rest. And the reason why I wanted to be better was to stay in the game, right? So learning more, doing more, um, but being an advisor, not being a salesperson. That was a key thing. And then in the banking industry, in the financial planning world, I realized that I was damn good at what I did. And so then you slowly start to learn and build your your craft. I'll go back to the hockey analogy. If you look at some of the top players, Wayne Gretzky, Sidney Crosby, whoever you want to look at, it's the game that you look at them, you're like, wow, look at their skill. But you don't realize how much they're practicing behind that. And that practice that I was doing was intense. I would give up partying with friends or spending you know all the fun time all my friends were doing fun stuff even in my in my early 20s people were traveling around the world i i was sitting at home reading books yeah taking classes taking classes trying to um build on that craft we've got a business today that you're very proud of um having built that take us back to the beginning okay that, that what did a, you see? What, what was it? What? So, so you and I, when we we started, we, we I would call it the dating phase. Uh, I, I, I we actually tried some joint venture, hmm? did some activity together, but not an actual business. We we partnered in a couple of things, yep. see how it works. Yep. You had a media gig. I was an expert in a certain field. You brought me in as a as an expert on your show. Yep. And then 
as you saw what I could do, you had more confidence. You said, Faisal, why don't you take a piece of this media on a regular basis daily at noon hour? Sure. You take care of this. I'll take care of the rest. So we kind of were dating. Yep. And then I had to, you know, pop the question to my partner and say, hey, let me take him out for sushi. I hate sushi. <laughs> That's why I asked you that rapid fire yeah, question. <laughs> I hate sushi. You didn't know this. And so... Um, I take you to a sushi place. Uh, we sit down. You're hoovering this food. <laughs> I'm not even touching it. You're looking at me like I'm some weirdo. <laughs> and I actually said to you, look, I, I, I think we have an opportunity to become business partners. And your first question is, why aren't you eating? <laughs> <laughs> or can I have that? <laughs> or can I have that? That was a second question. <laughs> and so I said, I said, you know, I hate sushi. And you said, well, why the hell are we here? <laughs> And I said, well, I'm willing to do what needs to be done so that you can see we can be partners. Right. And so I will eat sushi if we can be partners. This is my chance to actually show you that I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And that's the start of when you got to see a side of me that you never saw when we were dating. Yeah. Uh, is that I'm, I'm willing to do whatever. And then I brought you into my world. Yeah. I, we, went, we started as a partnership. Yeah. And I took you to Vegas. Yeah. And I said... You haven't you haven't partied like I partied. You nearly killed me on that. I nearly trip. killed you. I introduced you to the Red Bull. Because Red Bull over coffee. Yeah, that's right. You happen to have too many Red Bulls. You stayed up for I think thirty six hours straight. But then you got to see a side of, of what my life I, I enjoy. I had fun and you saw completely different uh, than what your life was. And so we got to you know, not only merge as business uh, partners, but merge in our lives as well and, and that's why I can say my best friend is you. Yeah, and likewise, that's fantastic. Okay, so build this business today. Um, tell me what's the one the one thing you're most proud of? If you had to sort of sum it all up, what's the thing you're most proud of from all of these things you've just discussed with us? You know, there there's many times you and I have sat down and we've said that people have built businesses because they've had a trampoline. They've bought a business from their parents or they were given something. Uh, they didn't have to build it from the ground up, from zero. We built it from zero. No one gave us clients. We never bought a business. And to build it from being a nobody to one of the most recognized and well-regarded teams in the country, that's, what, that's an accomplishment that I'll never forget. And one of the things that you and I talked about uh, of how we're going to be partners in the future is we were basing it on experiences. Right on. We were basing it not on on cash flow or income or a, or or what we wanted to accomplish from a recognition perspective. It was the experiences we're going to have throughout our lives. And we said, when we're eighty years of age, well, you'd be much older than I will because you're <laughs> older than me. And we're sitting on a rocking chair, and we're talking about our life. We're looking back. Right. It wasn't going to be that investment. It wasn't going to be those things. It was going to be the experiences that we had. And when it went from starting off eating sushi to changing our entire practice to what we wanted to actually add value to people, to writing a book, to getting on media, to having our own show, talking about lifestyle, to bringing in a different way of, of helping people through a, the most vulnerable phase of their life. It, it's just been phenomenal. And I think those experiences, plus the experiences you and I have had outside of our business, we'll look back and we'll, we won't forget those. Okay, um, so let me get this straight. So you're an author, you're an advisor, you're a business owner, 
You're a radio show host, and you're a business analyst on TV and radio. Yeah. What are you doing building the Carmally Exchange? What is it? <laughs> what are you crazy? You know, I'm, I'm, when people say that question to me, first of all, they ask if I have a life, and generally <laughs> I say no. But I, I, I use you as, as um, I say, you know, Popwich golfs. <clears throat> He has a golf membership. He loves to golf. That's his that's his his hobby and his fun. This is my hobby and my fun. You know, when we get to sit down with business owners and you've been part of the live sessions that we've done. Yeah. How many business owners actually attend those live sessions and we get to help them. We get to do what we do in our financial world in the business world. And it's rewarding. I get paid nothing for this. I actually pay out of my pocket for yeah. this. Um, and it's rewarding because we get to help people all across this country. It's fantastic. What's the inspiration for the show? The inspiration is that I, we've learned, um, first of all, how to analyze large corporations that are publicly traded. We've built a private business. We've been involved in multiple businesses. We know how people fuck things up. They have screwed up businesses. We've seen so many businesses fail over and over again in the public eye and privately that, you know, well, we can actually help people. When you build a process, and I call it the five Ps, these five Ps are probably the cornerstone for every business, no matter what industry, uh, if it's an individual, like a solo entrepreneur, to a major business that's publicly traded, that's trillions of dollars. Apple started off from zero all the way to where it is right now at over $3 trillion of value, and they still have the five Ps of people, process, product, passion, and they know how to get paid. They just do it better than everybody else does, mm-hmm. and that's why they're worth $3 trillion. Right. But every business needs those five things, and if we can continually educate, inform, and motivate business owners with those five Ps, they're going to be successful in what they do. What's the one piece of advice you'd give somebody starting a new business? Realize that this is hell. It is not a job. It is not a nine to five. Mm-hmm. You have to work harder than anybody else. I used to say this to you and I used to put it on the wall. You might remember this. Work like nobody does so we can live like nobody can. And that's important that you have to work your tail off and you have to learn about things that you may not be comfortable learning about and you have to execute and execute and execute. And that's the hardest part. I think one of the biggest issues that business owners have is that they quit. They just give up because it didn't work out. What's the worst piece of business advice you've ever been given? Um, If you build it, they will come. Bullshit. (laughs) Utter bullshit. We can build whatever we want. Doesn't mean people are going to come and become our customers or our clients. That's bullshit. You actually have to do more than just build it. You have to market it. You have to have better efficiencies. You have to have those five Ps. And I think that's the worst advice I've had is just build something and everybody will come. And that's the problem that we have in our society today is that people will buy a business or open up a shop and they just think that customers will just come running in. That's not the case. You talked about your early influence, one of them being hockey. You talked about team. You've talked about the five Ps. People is one of them. How important is surrounding yourself with the right people? You reference this all the time in your posts. Yeah, it is It is so important. Um, I've been around so many people that are not the right people. Right. And I can, I can tell you what it does to me. The energy gets sucked out of you when you're around the wrong people. 
your your feeling of of your your of what you want to do your purpose starts to erode when you have the wrong people we've had wrong people in our businesses we've had wrong people in our lives as friends and other mm-hmm. other types of relationships and we just know if it's not right get them the hell out you're not going to be right every single time but know it that when it's wrong get them out and stick with the people who are going to help you. That selected few are the ones who will support you and will take care of you when it comes time for your ups and your downs. You and I have built a process that we call Hemingways, um, which have been an important part of our success. That's not really the question, but one of the things that have come out of it, and we've coined lots of phrases, is approximately right most of the time. Yeah. What does that mean for a business owner? Yeah, so trying to go for excellence and try to execute with excellence is going to be almost impossible. We have seen too many times where business owners will have paralysis by analysis. And if you can just get it right approximately right most of the time, you are way better off. You are way further off than the lion's share of business owners, the lion's share of people. And then you can build on that. And then you try to get it approximately right better than what it was before. And then again and again, and then you're just building towards excellence. We have one of the best businesses or practices in the industry, bar none. What we need to do is continually build on that because if we stay static, then everybody will catch up to us. So knowing that we need to continually build, that's where approximately right most of the time it was different five years ago than what it is today. Right, because we've built on it, right? And I think that's really important. You got to make decisions with the information that you have Right? My dad told me one time that the worst decision makers make the right decision 100% of the time. And I said, Dad, what are you talking about? Hmm. He said, well, by the time you have all the information to make a 100% correct decision, it's too late. It's too late. Right. Okay. What about the um, most common mistakes? Like, If you think about our experience, your early experience in the businesses you built, all of the people that you've talked to on the exchange, yep. if you had to sort of give a couple of really key mistakes that people have made that keep coming up. What are they? Chasing money and not knowing your financials. So on both sides of that, I can tell you which business owner is in it for the money and which business owner is in it because they actually have a drive, a purpose, or a passion. And then I can tell you that a lot of business owners have no frigging clue what their financials are. Now, being in the financial world, that's a big deal for us. Like, can you can you imagine if we sat down with a CEO of a company and he, and he or she had no idea what their financials were? Well, I can say we wouldn't be investing. So that's definitely one problem that business owners have, for sure. Number two is they think that other people can do their job. When you start off in a business, it's 100% you. At certain points, you're going to hire people along the way. But I have seen too many business owners who would not even be in the shop not be at the, at the store, at the restaurant, in the office, and they will be traveling and having fun and living their best life while somebody else is running their business and they have no clue what's going on. That is the number two reason why things break down in a business. Um, one of your big influences, perhaps I could even say idols, is Wayne Gretzky. You've referenced him in this already. Yeah. Gretzky had a great saying, you don't want to be where the puck is, you want to be where it's going to go. go. Yep. I know that that's an important, we talk about that often. What All does that time. mean to the business owner? Yeah, so knowing where this business is heading. So let's look at some examples in the past to kind of make, make the point. If you own a video store and you hear about Netflix and you don't know anything about it, you're in trouble. If you own a restaurant today and you hear about a thing called skip the dishes and you're not part of it, you're in trouble. 
because your competition will use it. So knowing what's out there and where it's heading to and getting there before your competition does is the most important part. We've done things five, seven, 10 years ahead of our competition. We're doing things today that no one's even thinking about for our clients that we will add value. And by the time our competition catches up, we've already done it. We're the master of it. So now we can go to the next place where the puck is going to be. And I think that's really important. I think that's something that we've done well. When I look at all the strong businesses out there, they just know where the puck is going to be. If you had to pick one thing about yourself, about your personality, who you are at your core that's made you successful, what is it? Don't accept the status quo. It's always have to be better. Always can be more. Always can be better. Always. So we can do more. We can help more. We can do better. You've heard this from me time and time again. Every day. And it frustrates you sometimes. <laughs> like, shit, Faisal, like, calm down. We just started our first task. Why are you on task number three? Because we can always do more and do better. Right. Right. Never. The minute you stand still, you're falling backwards. Right. Especially in business. Let's try to pull all this together, right? Lots of experience. You're interviewing really smart people yeah. that have done all kinds of different things. And although the widgets might be different, there's some common elements for all business owners. I want to go back to this. What are you crazy common <laughs> again? I get that this is your hobby. Trust me, I do. I know you well. But I want, I, I'm hoping that people will, will, will start to understand this is just a passion you're So I want you to walk me through again. What's your inspiration? What do you hope people take away from the exchange? Why would somebody click like, I'm coming back every single time Faisal's talking about this? It's not because you're making money. No. What do you want them to take away? And what is the outcome that you personally, the experience you want to have with the exchange? Yeah, if you engage in our platform, you will find that there are entrepreneurs who've gone through what you're going to be going through if you haven't gone through it yet. And they're going to be able to give you some wisdom. So that's number one. Number two, on our platform, you will have access to some of the smartest people in the industry that you may be in. Number three is you have a community. A community of entrepreneurs are actually out there to help each other out. So when we do those live exchanges or when we have events together, when, when people are getting together, they're not in competition with each other. They actually want to help each other. I've got guys who are selling toothpaste, helping people who've got landscaping businesses. How the heck is that possible? The five Ps. They get together and they, and they talk about these things. Yeah. The legacy that I want to leave when I'm, when I'm you know, six feet under is that I was one that would actually build a, a platform that helped entrepreneurs strive and thrive through everything that we're going through currently and in the future. You're not speaking to the inspiration that I saw at the beginning, so I'm going to prompt you with it. The inspiration I saw at the beginning is you were pissed off. You said, we need an advocate for business yeah. in this city. Yeah, at the very beginning, you're right. Uh, I was upset because the business owner was not being represented. Right. The, the stigma of an entrepreneur had two. One is it's sexy and you can make a lot of money. And the other one is you're a bad person because you're making this, you're doing this type. And I think that's wrong. And the business owner didn't have a voice. They were considered to be the antagonist in the story. And they're not. They're not the antagonist. If anything, they're the hardest working people to help the greater good of. And without business owners, there's no employees. And without no employees, we're done. This, this economy, this country is done. So 
I give my hat to every entrepreneur who took the risk to make it better for themselves and the people that, they, that they've hired. And you started out with a focus on Calgary. Again, your inspiration started locally. You were upset about a certain situation. You wanted to give business owners a voice yep. and, and advocate for them. I'm proud to say that it has gone beyond the borders of Canada, right? Yeah. And you're connecting people. You're able to bring those people together from different geopolitical arenas, different countries, different businesses, different socioeconomic backgrounds, yeah. all in an effort to continue to advance the idea of strong business, good fundamentals, employment in, in, in people, and opportunity. Thank you. All right, that's a wrap on the Kermali Exchange. Make sure if you want to follow more of our platform and everything that we do on the Kermali Exchange, go to Faisal Kermali on all your social media platforms. Don't forget to hit or smash that subscribe button. This yeah. is your first Kermali Exchange. <laughs> what the f is wrong with you? Yeah. Don't you have a life? <laughs> no. Just, just. Ah, ah. <laughs> yeah, take the phone, go away. Smash that subscribe. Just smash it. <laughs> <laughs>